Good evening, and welcome to Weird Mountain, where the men are tough and the sheep are scared. I'm Gomez the Yardman. While the gals are busy doing whatever it is witches do this time of year, I thought I'd take a moment to let you know how much we all appreciate you listening to the show. Thanks for tuning in. I also wanted to let you know that things can sometimes get a little strange up on Weird Mountain. Especially this time of year, the veil, she's very thin. What you're about to hear are stories. But are they just stories? The gals say no. Decide for yourself. But don't say I didn't warn you. No! <laughs> My life has just been full of stuff like that. That was a real long answer for that real short question you had. Yes, I've done some paranormal. No, but that was, yeah, that was a really good answer. I, I was just curious about that because you and I, we've talked a little bit about your work with that, but not a whole lot really. And, you know, I haven't watched, I know there's shows on TV about ghost hunters and ghost hunting and stuff like that. And, and the ones I've seen, and I haven't seen a lot of them, just to be honest, let me be real honest. They just they just seem fake, and they also seem disrespectful. Yeah. And they just seem like a, a put-on, you know? Well, I thought that they were fake have, real. I, I thought they were, everybody knew that they were fake. Oh, is it like, is it like old-timey wrestling? Yeah. <laughs> and everybody yeah. just knows it's fake? That's, that's what I assumed, but then I met folks, in, especially in the 90s, I started meeting people who were very serious about trying to figure out what was going on, and that, that had a lot of appeal to me because, you know, I've got a mind that wants to prove it. I want to see the proof. I want to be able to write out the equation, you know, and I, and I don't apologize for having that curiosity about it, but these people were dead damn serious about their paranormal investigations, but it never really was a good fit for me because even though I like to figure things out and I want things to be in a concrete physical place, obey the physical laws, I just never really did agree with most of it. I know there's a spirit world out there. I feel my ancestors. I've seen too many things that can't be explained. And for whatever reason, I'm, I just know this. So what I found was that people started from these investigation groups, they started calling me when they'd run into something that they didn't understand. Because part of my job when I would hang out with those folks oh. would be to translate. <laughs> okay, yes, this is what you're reading on the EVP meter says. And this is what I pick up from it. And even that seemed a little cheesy. After a while, it's like, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I don't know. It just didn't seem like my calling. It didn't seem like something that I was actually learning anything from after a certain point. And it also seemed I, I got kind of irritated with at least one of those groups because they're skipped to my loo. They're just, you know, headed right towards some trouble. 
with their attitudes and their cavalier kind of, oh, I'm going to be fine thing, you know, well, let's go to this place and do this thing. And the whole time I'm getting warnings and trying to explain to them, well, maybe you might want to consider not doing that. So, so I think that we have an uneasy relationship. And when I say we, I mean me and the investigation groups that I've been around, we've come to this place where if they need some help, they can call me. And if I'm able to, I will help them. And if I'm not able to, I'll tell them what my opinion is anyway, and they can make a decision as to where they go from there. But if I can help somebody, I'm interested in doing that. But I don't expect those groups to help me anymore. That's what I went to them originally for, was to try to figure some stuff out. That's very interesting. I encourage people to, to try and step out of your comfort zone. So if you're a person who always lives on the left side of your brain, Try and do some right brain activities every now and then and just see it's it balance is good. Yeah, it is, it is. I'm I'm interested in, in all the equipment though. Because I know of one group, I I don't know if they're still around or not, but it used to be around, and they called in this friend of mine because she was a nat she had natural ability and she could sense what it was their their machinery mm-hmm. was sensing. And but I guess she was more accurate. She could tell them more about it. Yeah. And I just find it interesting that that there are people who maybe don't have a natural inclination towards this kind of work, but they really want to do it. They really want to see ghosts and be involved with stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So they have all this equipment because they don't necessarily have a natural ability. Like that thing we were talking about where you feel the hair mm-hmm. on the back of your neck raising up or like I talked about, maybe I talked about last time about doing the magic hands so you could feel when the when it was cooler in one place than another or warmer than another. We and have I not talked don't... about that on this. We so, have not? Uh, not that I know of. Well, I, I have to apologize to y'all because I've been telling ghost stories in a couple of different platforms. Yes. So I'm not sure what I've told and what I haven't told. But but yeah, it's a it's a thing I do. And I am not. I am not gifted, really terribly gifted in this area, but I have a, a lot of experience and I, I practice a lot and I, I learn as much as I can to, to augment what little natural ability I have. But one of the things I can do is rub my hands together and get the friction going and get the blood circulating in my hands. And then I can, I can often feel, feel lines of energy or what I call non-energy you know when it's a cold line that feels like it's a non-energy line Mm -hmm. and some other things like that but yeah I just find that really interesting all the equipment that goes with it and the listening and okay I'm gonna record something now and interesting Mm -hmm. well if I was a spirit and I didn't have a physical form I might need a way if I was interested I might I might need a way to step into a physical world or communicate with the physical world. And it could be that forms of energy, because energy is not like, well, energy is energy. Let's just say that. It doesn't decrease. It, it just is what it is. And I might be able to dip into some form of energy that's in the physical world and use it to communicate. So for instance, when you feel that cold feeling, uh-huh. 
well, to you and I, that might be an indication that there's a spirit nearby. And the reason it might feel cold to you is because energy has moved away. The energy has a feeling of warmth or, or temperature. And when it's moved away, because maybe the spirit took it, you know what I'm saying? Maybe the spirit is using it in some way to try and make itself known. Yeah, that, make, that makes sense. Yeah. So these are all things that the folks in the paranormal groups, quite a few of them are uh, deeply religious and trying to figure out what's going on around them and fit it into their vision of, of reality and what they believe. Now, when you say, let me just interject this, when you say deeply religious, I am a deeply religious person, but my spirituality encompasses all of this. So when you say deeply religious, am I to believe that these people belong to one of the family of the Abrahamic religions? Actually, yes. You know, I'm trying to not pick on Christians. No, and that's why I didn't even say that word. Yeah. So, but really what I'm saying is that half of the folks in the paranormal groups um, are usually professed Christians and that's fine. I applaud them for, for going through. And, you know, in, in the Bible, it says, if it's true, it's true, whether you understand it or not. And it also says that to attempt to, to gain knowledge and to learn is something that you should do. So that's fine. I applaud them for that. And then the other half of them are are usually exactly the opposite of that. And they're very science oriented. And so they come to a paranormal investigation with an attitude of, oh, yeah, prove it. I'll believe it when I see the EVP meter going off and an EVP Uh, electronic voice phenomenon. uh, So people people can their spirits in different ways in these groups and they're physical ways. So for instance, one of the groups will use dowsing rods. Now, when I was a kid, a dowsing rod was only used for practical stuff. It was a tool. If you needed to find some water on your property, you go and, you know, do the dowsing rod. Dowsing rods are also used to ken energy. And those dowsing rods are usually made of some form of metal. You know, so that's and they also have a different shape to them. A stick is a stick, you know, but a dowsing rod that's made out of metal has a specific shape. So these people will will pick up certain types of energy with dowsing rods. And then there are the folks who bring along their special recorders or not so special recorders. As long as it's a recorder and you can turn it on and let it run, there's a chance that you're going to catch an EVP on an electronic voice phenomenon. And it could be anything from a voice to a repetitive sound or even just a, a peg, depending on the type of recorder they have. Some, sometimes it'll peg and you'll get this little sound. And then there are folks who will bring their cameras. So I have one gal who takes photographs and we'll all be taking a photograph with our digital device or whatever at uh-huh. the same time of the same thing. And this, this gal's images will show up and have, you know, a baby or a shape or a bright light or something that nobody else's does. They go to great lengths to make sure that their camera lenses are clean, don't have any dust on them. There are also other things that are a little bit even more exotic. There's one guy that I know who brings a theremin with him 
and yep, in hopes that there could be something going on. I myself, because I, I have observed so much through the years that I strongly believe that the spirit world communicates in in in, in using electricity, and I've I believe that digital witchery exists, where you see it. Now you and I've had some good discussions about that, but I've seen some some things that have showed up on camera and I've heard some things. I think I told you, do you remember that show from the seventies in search of? Yeah, I do. Leonard Nimoy was the host. I think there was a show that I'll never forget because it had a cassette tape. They ran it and it said, I've come up for Betty. That's what it said. Just in the background, I've come up for Betty. You're listening to something else and you hear this voice just quietly say, I've come up for Betty. Well, for whatever reason, that stuck with me. And I thought, well, okay. And I started getting cassette tapes and putting them in my little tape recorder and trying to see if I could hear things. And I never did. But it started the whole interest. So I think that the spirits will use whatever means they can find to communicate if they want to. For instance, you and I both have experience the spirits communicating through our dreams you've been woke up from oh definitely most definitely yeah yeah so that's a real powerful way for them to communicate sorry i had a little thing that popped up on the screen and it said your internet connection is unstable (laughs) Uh well that'd be funny if i had another face that showed up on the zoom screen and it was right. like somebody we didn't know or else maybe somebody we did know that died 20 years ago. <laughs> so there's a, a fu- there's a funny meme on Facebook right now that says Zoom meetings are just like seances. Are you there, Elizabeth? Are you there? Can you hear me? Can anybody see me? It can, can you see me now? And it is it, it is kind of like a seance, isn't it? <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, it is actually. So. Do you ever get invited to go to seances and do seances exist anymore? Or do people just communicate now without? You know, I've, I've not heard. I've not been invited to one in years and I've not done one in years. I used to do them. Cuckoo. I used to do them a fair amount. And Miss um, Lisa over at Asheville Raven and Crone, she and I talked about doing a, a seance at the shop one night late. Mm-hmm. But then COVID hit, so we haven't done it yet. But that was a big thing with my mother when when I was young, is that she loved on a, you know, an, uh, of an evening, as we say, to get out the old card table and, and do a little table tilting and all that stuff. She was a she's a big believer in ghosts, had a lot of experiences with them. And this was your mom? My mom. Yep. Well, yep. and then it got handed down, you see, it's just a. Yeah, I mean, it really got handed down to my daughter. She 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 jumped in on that train really early on. And she is pretty, as far as I can tell, pretty fearless about that stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's she's kind of amazing with her spirit work. That's interesting. If she's fearless about it, it's probably because it's been with her for so long that it's not- it is. It feels natural to her. Yeah. Yeah. I tell I tell the story all the time that she was reading in the living room here one day and, and I walked into the room and put something down or pick something up and turn. I walked out and she said, mom, mom, 
there's somebody behind you. And I said, oh, well, who, who is it? And he said, she said, I don't know, but he, he just looks kind of lonely, like he'd like to have somebody to hang around with. Hmm. I said, does he need me to do anything? She said, no, he, he's just hanging out. So, and then I went out of the room and evidently he followed me. <laughs> and how, the next time she saw was me, she? he wasn't there. Oh, she was probably in early high school. Okay, wow. Or late middle school. Interesting. So 12, 13, something like that. Uh, interesting. Yeah, well, we had a family of dreamers. And so we, we would find our, our kinfolk and stuff in our dreams. So let me ask you a question. That I don't know that I've ever asked you this. What was the first otherworldly encounter that you can remember having? Well, that, that's kind of a hard question to ask because I've always lived in, in my own enchanted world. And mm -hmm. I use that word very carefully, enchanted world. Yeah. I, I remember, or at least I feel like I remember, I could be wrong. I remember the first time I walked and my dad's friend, uh, Tobe, was sitting in a chair in front of the double windows at our house. And he had a big old a big glass of sweet tea. And I evidently used to, he used to sit me on his lap and feed me sweet tea. Yeah. Well, not, no surprise there. Yeah. And so they always said that I walked for tea. So he was sitting there and he had a glass of tea and he said something like, well, come on, Byron, walk over here and get you some tea. And I remember looking over his right shoulder and and into those windows and they were the kind of windows that had like little panes of glass, mm -hmm. you know, like a mullioned window. Yeah. And, and seeing, I don't know what I saw, but it was this kind of beautiful, blissful vision. So in my mind, when I go back to that and I can see Tobe's face so clearly and I can see him sitting there. He had he long, he was like a long lanky man. Mm -hmm. And he was sitting there in a chair that was a little bit low so that his knees were up high and he had real long legs. And I can see his kind of bony knees and his big hands and one of them's holding a glass of tea. But I remember my focus was not on that, even though that was the story. That's the family story that's told. My focus was on whatever was over his right shoulder. Mm. And that's what I was walking toward. Mm. So that was, I mean, I walked before I was one. So that's before then. Wow. That's very early. I'm not sure what year this was for me, but my first remembered spirit encounter came through a dream. And it was my great uncle, the night he passed away. He came and said goodbye to me in a dream. And the next morning when I woke up at some point during the day, that's what I found out. He came to me. He was not, wasn't in a human form. He was in an animal form. He flew in, in as an owl, but I knew it was him. Gosh, it was, it was definitely before I ever went to kindergarten. So it was before I was five years old. Yeah. So we've both been wrapped up in this yeah. for yeah. as long as we can remember, really. Yep. Yeah. And it just, it has just never seemed weird to me. You know, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I guess because and now we call what my spirituality is animism, but I've always seen the whole world as peopled 
that everybody had a spirit. Rocks did, green beans did, trees did, dogs <laughs> did, ponies did, chickens, me, you, the, the car, all that stuff. It all has a some kind of a an in, an inspiring, soulful spirit, I guess. So it just didn't seem unusual to me that there would be my dog who was a spirit being to me. I mean, I didn't use that kind of language, of course, but he, he had the dog had a soul too and, yeah. and the pony did and everybody and everything around me did. And that could just be because I'm, you know, I was a sensitive, sentimental little softy. But I think it's because on a deep, almost cellular level, I understood that my my being a, a spirit-filled creature or a soul-filled creature was no different than any other creature or any other thing. Yeah. So if I couldn't, so if I couldn't see them, if they, they were invisible, basically, mm-hmm. it didn't make them any less spirit people. You know, does that make sense? It does. It does. And it, and let me just say, that's a, that's very common. That's what people want. You know, we're all trying to just make sense of it, but I am also trying to enjoy, this is a time of year, as you know, because you're the one that that's out there telling everybody, this is a time of year when we look inward. And I feel that the veil is thin, thinner than usual. Of course, it doesn't even really exist right now, as far as I'm concerned. So I just kind of enjoy the season. I don't know how to explain that. It's a weird season, but it's it feels good to me. It does. And and the whole um, ancestor stuff is uh, really interesting. And as we kind of re-encounter it in Western culture, mm-hmm. I did a whole big post on Facebook about a week ago, I guess, about uh, creating an ancestor shrine in your home that, you know, was regardless of what your spiritual practice is, your ancestors are your ancestors. Right. And you can you can worship them. Some people use that word. You can venerate them. You can honor them. But the reality is we all got ancestors or we wouldn't be here if we didn't have them. Right. So to acknowledge that people came before you and their lives uh, impacted your life because you wouldn't be here without them. It's important. And this time of year has been traditionally the time to do that after most of the harvest has come in. Mm -hmm. And this is the time that you remember the ones that the recent dead, the ones who just left. Oh my gosh. And every day I'm hearing something about another person who's Mm -hmm. died. There was a friend of mine's this morning, a friend of mine's beau, her boyfriend's mother had died Mm. and somebody's granddaddy died yesterday. And you know, we see all these famous people dying, but it's the people that are close to us dying that's the hard ones. Mm-hmm. Yep. And as I get older, I'm seeing more of my classmates die. Yeah. Especially, yeah. you know, some of them that we didn't really, that it, they were just dear to us. It's like, no, not that person was so nice. No, you know, person was so vital to my growing up kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's tell a ghost story, shall we?